Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. We live in a world where if, if you watch the news every day, read whatever news website you read every day, scroll Twitter or listen to the news on the radio, it can get pretty overwhelming, can it? Just the other day, I visited one news website and on the front page, there were stories about a vehicle crash in California that killed at least 15 people, news about the riots at the Capitol, a, a politician embroiled in sexual assault allegations, over half a million COVID deaths and counting, racist attacks, sex trafficking, and a scandal involving Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head. All that is what was up on just one news website at one particular minute of the day. And you add onto that, the thousands of images and the stories that we read about and see related to all kinds of other things, not to mention what we see and experience around us on a regular basis, like a couple that you know who's getting a divorce or a kid who gets a very aggressive form of cancer and it just breaks your heart, a, a teenager losing his life in a car accident, a business that's shutting down. And if you work where I work for a church, you would get to hear these stories more than most. And it gets easy really fast to feel like life is out of control and it is really easy to feel helpless. I, I get in that place easily where I feel like, well, I, I can't do anything about all of that. I can't stop any of that stuff from happening. What's the solution to this? Governments have thrown tons of money at all kinds of poverty and it doesn't seem to make a difference. And you think, well, what do you, what do, you do with all of that? You might say, depending on your, your attitude and your personality. Well, if there's nothing that you can do about it, just ignore it, like stop reading that stuff. There's nothing you can do to solve any of those problems. And it's easy to look ahead and to think, it's just more of that on the way, more natural disasters, more poverty, more divorces, more teen suicides, more kids abandoned that need fostering. Now, part of our problem is awareness. We're so much more aware of things right now than people used to be, than like your parents or your grandparents knew about. The only divorces or poverty or natural disasters that they knew about was what they saw with their own eyes. We didn't know what was happening around the world and we were probably able to manage the trauma of that a little bit better. But, but now it's more and it's more and it's more. What do you do with all that? You can't shut it off. And, and if you're a Christian, you shouldn't shut it off. You can't just ignore it, but, but what do you really do? And then uh, we have misguided compassion where we attempt to help people, but we actually make the problem worse, even though we make ourselves feel better about it. My daughter and I went to Haiti a few years ago to observe and catch the vision for this ministry that is there, that's up in the hills above Port-au-Prince. And they have a school, they have a church there, they're doing microfinance and all of this really amazing stuff there. And of course, being rich Americans, because we are rich, all of us, our, our first thought was, well, let's bring a bunch of shoes down there, as, as many as we can, and we'll just, we'll just give out shoes to them that way. But when we shared that idea with the head of this ministry, he was like, please don't do that. And we're thinking, well, why not? But when we got down there, we noticed these women on the side of the dirt roads selling things like shoes. 
And we realized if we came in with 200 pairs of brand new shoes and started giving them away, it's gonna put these women out of business. And if these women don't succeed, the whole community suffers. We saw a lot of problems there and we had no idea how to address them. Sometimes things seem unfixable, but what do you do with that? If you're a Christian, you can't just ignore it, but you don't know what to do. You, you can't one-on-one -on -one change the world. So I wanna stir this up for us, to get us to think about what to do. And in order to do that, I wanna share a couple of verses that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of people who were a lot like us, and, and he gives us a clue as to how to handle this issue. These people were busy, they were tired, life was full of chaos and conflict, and they lived in an unpredictable world, and often I'm sure they felt like it was just enough to make it to their beds at night so they could get ready to do it all again the next day. But Paul wrote a letter to the church in this city of Galatia where people were trying to follow Jesus in a non-Christian world and I want to walk this through with you and then give you a simple statement that I want to invite you to live by. And here's what he says. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of Believers, it's from the book of Galatians chapter six, verse nine and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let's not become weary of doing good. Don't give up on this. The reason he starts this way is because it's so easy to do. It's so easy to get tired, to give up, to look the other way, to assume I can't make a difference. It's like the story about the man who was walking down the beach and he saw a boy who was picking up something and gently throwing it back into the ocean and he approached the boy and he said, what are you uh, doing? And the boy said, I'm throwing starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up and the tide's going out and if I don't throw them back, they're gonna die. And the man looked down the beach and he said, don't you realize there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds and hundreds of starfish. You can't possibly make a difference. And the boy listened to him and then he reached down and he picked up another one and he threw it into the surf and he said, well, I made a difference for that one. Don't become weary, Paul says, of making a difference. Don't give up. We've created a culture for ourselves where it's too easy to quit. You can make a difference for that one person in front of you and you can't fathom who that person is going to turn out to be, can you? What impact you can make by listening to them or sharing something with them or being generous towards them what that can have. He says, let's not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. There's gonna be a time that will come when your work, your effort, the good that you do will pay off and it may be tomorrow or a month from now or years later and you may get to see the payoff but chances are you won't. Paul says it's like a harvest and if you wanna have a harvest, what do you have to do? Well, you plant seeds. Now, planting seeds is hard. Honestly, it's boring. I used to have to help my parents with this big garden that they had, and every year during the right season, we would plant seeds in the ground, and you have to till the soil. You have to get it in the right condition. You have to dig the dirt, and you put a tiny little seed in the ground that in some cases you can barely see. And then you water it, and then you wait, and you wait, and you wait some more, and then you watch for weeds and then you wait a little more for at the proper time, Paul says, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
And again, he's saying, hey, whatever you do, don't give up. Don't give up doing good. Don't give up building relationships and pouring into people. Don't step away from serving others. Move towards serving others. But the opposite's true too. If you do give up, you will not reap a harvest. Our mission, okay, what we live for, what you are signing onto when you become a part of Love Lake Norman, when you decide to serve, to give, to attend a crew, to lead something, just to be a part of this community is that we are helping people find and follow Jesus. We believe there's nothing greater to give our lives to than this. I believe this for you, wherever you are, that this is the greatest mission that you can possibly give your one life to. There's nothing more significant than impacting someone's eternity. There's no higher calling than this. And so when you give, when you serve, when you invest here, you're saying, I'm not gonna grow weary. I'm gonna do as much good as I can possibly do. I'm gonna love and serve the people in front of me and I'm not gonna give up because I know that one day there's gonna be a harvest. I'm, I'm planting seeds right now. I'm digging in the dirt and I'm tilling the soil and it's hard, but one day there's gonna be fruit that's born because God is causing growth to happen through my obedience. And if you've wondered what this church is about, if being apart for a while has made you ask that question, what is Love Lake Norman all about and why should I be a part of it? That's why. I think there are pretty much two types of people at Love Lake Norman, people who are exploring who God is and what a relationship with God is all about. And we say to you, hey, we're a place where you can belong before you believe, take your time, explore, get answers to your questions, we're here to help. And the rest of us are people who have said 100% yes, I'm all into the mission of helping unchurched, disconnected people find and follow Jesus. Now Paul closes this passage like this. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Therefore, as we have opportunity, he says, not, not an opportunity to serve everybody, to do everything for everybody, to share everything you have with everyone all the time. No, as, as you have an opportunity, when you have someone in front of you to serve, someone to listen to, someone to be generous to, as, as we have an opportunity, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Did you ever have this happen to you somewhere along the way in school where, where, where you had some candy or some gum maybe and you shared it with a friend of yours, but then the teacher saw you sharing it and stopped you and basically said what? You know what they said. They said, if you give her a piece of gum, I hope you have a piece for everyone else in the class. And then you had to put it away because you didn't bring enough for the whole class to have some or, or maybe you played a sport and you had a job that scheduled you during practice one time. And so you ask your coach if you could get out of practice just this one time. And your coach said, if I let you skip practice, what? I'll have to let everyone else skip practice too. Or maybe you heard the same thing from your parents at some point. The basic idea was, was this. Hey, if I let you do it, I'm going to have to let everyone do it. I'm very sure that you grew up like I did, hearing those types of statements from your parents. You said them yourself, from teachers and coaches. If you can't do it for everybody, don't do it for anybody. 
I'm pretty sure that you've heard that from your mom or dad at one point. If I let you do it, I'll have to let your brother and sister do it too. To which if you were like me, you would say, no, you don't. <laughs> Just let me do it. It will be like our little secret. I'm not going to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody. Just let me do it. And now it's true. We can't do everything for everybody. But that attitude is frustrating because it often leads us to feel like I can't do anything for anybody. So I might as well not try. We give up. Well, I can't change the whole world. So I, it makes me feel like, well, why even try? It's okay that you can't change the world. It's not really about that. It's about the person in front of you, the person you live near, the person you go to school with or play on a team with or shop from or sit beside at work or the person you live in the same house with. And, and isn't it interesting that, that when Jesus was here walking this earth and living with people, he didn't do everything for everybody either. He didn't feed everyone. He didn't heal everybody in the crowd all the time. Isn't that interesting? And he could have, but he didn't. He didn't raise everyone from the dead. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. There, there are people around you who need to be invited to church. There are people around you who are carrying questions and doubts and quiet pain, who need someone to listen to them, to help them, to take a step beside them, to help them see that God loves them. And if you are someone who follows Jesus, then here's what we believe. We've been put in these places for a reason, in the school that you're in, the job that you have, the neighborhood you live in, that the family you live with, none of those things are accidents and you've been placed there by a loving God for reasons you don't fully understand yet. But what you can understand is this, it's not just for your benefit. It's not just so they can serve you, it's so you can serve them and show love to them and point them towards the God who loves them so much he gave his life for them. So, I wanna give you three tips on how to do this, and the first one is this. Go deep rather than wide. Go deep rather than wide. If you have, say, like a passion for high school students or middle school student kids, because when you were there, your life was totally out of whack and you have a burden for them, what you need to do is find a specific small group of high school or middle school kids and go deep with them. Don't just have a general concern about them. You need to dig in with them regularly. If you have a heart for kids, don't just have like a general desire to see kids grow closer to God. You need to get with a small group of kids and pour yourself into them on a very, very regular basis. Don't just be concerned in general about the poor. Find one person or a family or two people and, and go deep with them. Our tendency is to go wide rather than deep because it's easier. It's like, I'm gonna give you $100 and I'm gonna give you $50. I'm gonna go pray with you over here and then I'm gonna go over here and, and, and pray with you and reach out to you and I'm gonna feel good about myself doing that. But I'm not gonna do any good. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And, th and that means you go deep rather than wide. It also means this, you go long-term rather than short-term. Long-term rather than short-term. In terms of making a difference, it requires time. It requires consistency. When you serve for like love kids here, we want you to dig in and pour yourself into the life of a kid for the long haul. Why? Because that's how you make a difference. That's how you see a life change. That's how you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. When God nudges you towards someone and it's not just a, a cause, but it's a face 
If you go deep and you, and you go long term. And the third thing is this, time, not just money. Time, not just money. This is hard for us because we, like I said, we're rich. As Americans, we're, we're wealthy and, and we should give as much broadly as we can, but don't use the money excuse to not give your time. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And that means time, not just money. Find the one group, the person or the issue, the organization or the serving team and make a commitment to go deep, to go long, to go with time. And of course, yes, money, but it's easier to give money. But listen, as long as you give of yourself only in that way, you will miss an incredible opportunity. You do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Think about this as it relates to your own life. If you're a Christian, you've had at least one person, I guarantee, and probably multiple people do this for you. I know that I have. There's no way that I would be following God right now without a, a woman in our church growing up named Leah, who invested her life into mine and showed me what it looked like to follow Jesus. And then in college, there were multiple people who did that for me, Dan and Susan and Eric and Jody. Did they invest in everyone around them? No. They couldn't do that, but they decided to invest themselves into me, and I am forever grateful for that. My responsibility isn't to change the world. It's to go deep, to go, to go long, to go with time, also to go with money, to always look out for the one, even though I can't do everything for everyone, to listen to that nudge, the nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, that's your one. I want you to do for that one what you wish you could do for every one. So um, I want you to pay attention I don't want you to get overwhelmed. Don't go hide in a hole. Don't just give $10 to everything that comes along and feel good about it. I want you to look for the one. Some of you already know who it is. Some of you are already engaged. For some of you, it's maybe adopting or fostering. For some of you, it's jumping into a crew. For some of you, it's gonna be serving our kids and love kids or on our production team or our guest experience team and pouring your heart and your soul into the one right in front of you. Maybe it's, it's, it's that couple that's on your heart and mind all the time and you pray for them, but you've never really reached out to them. But you know they have a need and you need to invite them to church to sit with you or to invite them over to your house for dinner. And they need someone in their corner with them to fight for them. And so we're gonna go deep with them in long term, and long-term and we're gonna go with time. And we're gonna do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And here's what could happen. Like if everybody did that, it might change the world. If everyone did for one what we wish we could do for everyone, it just might change the whole world. But here's what I know for sure. If you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, it will definitely change somebody's world. And if your experience is like mine has been, it will definitely change your world. Can't run and hide. Can't be overwhelmed. Don't grow weary of doing good. We have the margin, we have the time, and as God nudges you, I hope you'll do for someone what you wish you could do for everyone. Let's pray. God, there are certain people that you have put in our path. Would you nudge us towards them would you help us to, to, to push away the voice that says we can't make a difference because there's too much need, there's too much chaos, there's not enough time, there's not enough resources. Would you help us just to push that voice away? And would you nudge us toward that serving 
opportunity that we have? Would you nudge us toward the person in front of us? Would you nudge us toward the passion that you've given us in our own hearts and lives? Would you nudge us toward stepping forward and saying, okay, I will do what I can for the one in front of me because of what you've done for us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we wanna encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.